Isn't it good to be in church and get into God's Word? If you've missed this series, you've missed a series. You really have, and I'd encourage you, uh, go back and check them out on YouTube. But if you've missed it, what we've been doing is something quite different in January. We always like to do some different things in January. It's now Feb. I know that. It's fine. Uh, but we like to do some different things to kick off our year. And what we've been working through is the horizon values. So each week we've had a couple of different people come and share. And I, I want to make the point that a number of the people who have shared are not the normal faces that you'll see bring, bringing the word on a Sunday morning. And what an incredible thing that is to hear from the heart of different people in the church. Um, I know it's been nerve-wracking for a number of them. And we've got a couple more this morning. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but we've also had these videos where some people in the church have, have uh, agreed to be filmed. And that's scary too. Uh, they've agreed to be filmed and they've shared uh, what, they, what they believe about these values and why they're significant to them and to them as part of this community. And so we have another video today. We're going to kick off with that. Then I'm going to hand over to Joel and he's going to lead us through a brief message and then Abby and then I'll wrap up at the end. Hi, I'm Troy and I've been at Horizon for about two years. I'm Ian. Uh, I've been at Horizon since pretty much when it started um, because we came from the same background that... Uh, that the original pastors came from. My name is Alicia and I've been attending Horizon for about a year and a half. I think growth as a Christian is, um, it's just uh, continually trying to travel forward to become uh, more Christ-like. And I think within the church, um, personally we have, you know, we have that, that wanting to grow, um, you know, in our spirituality, but we also have the, an obligation to, you know, build the church up to help the church grow, help individuals grow, um, and I think to be able to do that, um, we first need to be uh, as an individual growing, um, so that we can enable that in others. I have felt that I have grown largely because of. The interaction I have had with some fine Christian folk at the church. We've had new people come along. We've had uh, Pastor James and Sarah join us. And I have been greatly encouraged by many of the people in our church. Um, I, I can't honestly think of a, a, an, any time when anybody has said or done anything which I have been uh, particularly uncomfortable with. I find that having fellowship with a like-minded group of people is probably the best thing for my personal growth that I could do. I guess sharing our own journeys together, um, I think often we can get stuck in our own worlds and um, when we meet together with each other and when we share with each other our lives, and we read the Bible together and we pray together, we really continue to grow and we encourage each other to grow. Um, and I think the Bible really talks about how we do that and we do that in fellowship and that's a really powerful way to continue growing. 
I think it's important to be part of a, a Christian community, uh, particularly, uh, you know, in the world these days where, you know, um, people are for themselves or um, it's, it's, it's an it's a inward focus instead of an outward focus. And I think being in the church, it gives us an opportunity to, to learn uh, about, about God and how uh, we outwork his principles into the community, but it's also a safe place. It's a loving place. It's, it is a place that was discussed last week uh, through the preaching that has hope, that has um, encouragement, and and those things are needed these days, particularly in the, in the hard times. You know, church is a safe place where you can be built up. In the great times, we can celebrate, and I think that's not a that's not a common thing in society these days. But the church is a place where uh, we can have that. I think it's pretty clear that uh, the Bible tells us that we should encourage one another, and to have the opportunity to do that without fear of condemnation is a really comfortable feeling. Now, not everything we need to do or we do in our church life needs to be something that gives us comfort. Sometimes we'll experience difficulties and hardships and hard times, but at least having the ability to be open and to share and to um, encourage other people without fear of condemnation is is a uh, perhaps a, a slightly unusual uh, opportunity in today's society, and is one which I really find satisfying. The best thing about the community at Horizon is the way they. Well, the community loves people um, and I've really felt that love tangibly in my own life and also my kids and I love that there are people that are surrounding my kids who are praying with them, praying for them, who are loving them, who are talking to them, making small talk, skateboarding with my kids. Um, it's that stuff that really matters, it's the everyday stuff that really matters to me. And so it's not just isolated to Sunday, it's the community is every day. Um, and that's what is really great about Horizons community. Good morning, church. How are you doing? It's good to see you all. Slightly cool morning. I'm very happy I threw my jumper in the car. <laughs> Um, as part of our value series, I'm going to be sharing with you about growth today. Now, there are many types of growth. There is physical growth, emotional growth, spiritual growth, growth as a community or church, and talking about growth as I was looking at the kids taking off. And my kids are not here today. But even without them there, there's so many kids, which is amazing because I remember a time there was nobody and then we had um, a little little kid called Sienna. They have moved uh, into state now. And then we had Gracie. And then one by one, we've had kids. And now we are a church of kids and for kids. And it's, it's absolutely great. Um, and thinking about that, last week, um, being the first week of school, you would have seen a lot of people posting photos of the first day of the year, pictures of all their kids in social media. And my dad's side of the family, we have a lot of them here in Australia, um, have a WhatsApp group. <clears throat> and everyone was posting pictures of their kids' first day of school. And I posted mine and all my cousins did. And uh, we have a cousin in Melbourne. And we haven't, because of COVID, we haven't seen them in quite a few years. And he posted a pic of his kids' first day of school. And it was amazing. They have all shot up. 
heads and shoulders tall above everyone, every other kid. And for me, that was amazing. And all of my family commented how much they had grown in these few years. We haven't seen them. Um, for any growth to happen, a few things need to take place. There has to be a continuation of nourishment or effort and time, effort and time for the growth to happen. Growing does not happen overnight. It needs the right conditions, appropriate nourishment and time. Now my wife has a plant and most of you who know Sharon know she's a bit of a green thumb. All her plants are her babies and it's called a fiddly fig. And she's had it for a few years now. And when we moved into our apartment or into the apartment over a year ago, this fiddly fig was about 1.5 meters high. Um, we were able to transport it in the back of our car. It fit in the elevator going up and it fit through the door. And this was a, a nice sunny apartment with floor to ceiling glass facing the sun. The plant was in a, a good size pot, a good size pot, and it was in a good spot. And um, Sharon, being the green thumb she is, knew exactly how much to water it. I put too much water and kill things. Uh, <laughs> um, she knew exactly how much water to put and what fertilizer to give it. Um, the conditions were perfect. And this tree that had been, this plant that had been slowly growing for the last, I don't know, four, five years, in six months, shot from 1.5 meters to 2.6 meters and touched the ceiling <laughs> in the apartment. In, we were there for 12 months and then we moved into our house. Now, I had to think long and hard. We had discussions about it, how we were going to move this plant to our house. Are we going to sell it, give it away, leave it there for our friend who, below, who owned the apartment? Anyway, we decided to move it. So I had to lean it on its side, move it out the front door, and in, then manage to take it to the elevator. In the elevator, I had the bottom of the pot in the left-hand corner on the bottom, and the top of the plant in the right-hand top. And we managed to get it down. We built a tube out of cardboard to fit this plant, because doing 100 kilometers an hour in the back of a trailer was going to kill it. Um, <laughs> And so we were like this weird-looking radio-controlled car with the massive antenna sticking out the back, <laughs> tied up. <laughs> um, we got out, and luckily there are no bridges all the way to Mikalego, so we got home safe. Now, why did this plant grow so quickly, grow so well? Um, what made this plant grow so fast? Number one, it didn't have anything holding it back. It didn't have a disease. Uh, there were no insects eating it. Um, the kids didn't rip off any leaves or bother the tree for fear of death. Um, <laughs> and it had the correct nourishment and plenty of sunlight. And this made it grow incredibly well. We are going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 2, 1 to 3. Thank you. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. First of all, we are going to look at who this was addressed to. Verse 3 says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter is talking to the believers 
people who have accepted Christ as their savior, people who are born again. Now that we are saved, what do we need to do in, to grow in Christ? To grow spiritually, what do we need to do? What do we need to get rid of? And what do we need to crave or desire? Verse 1 states, therefore, rid yourself of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. But now that we are, now that we're born again, we need to get rid of our former sinful self. The self uh, we were before, we were washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We have been set aside as God's children. Therefore, we are called to live as God's children. We need to take sin seriously, where repentance is a daily continuous concern, to live lives that seek to honor Jesus above all else, turning away from the temptation that the world bombards us with. We are called not to be wicked, not to deceive, to be sincere and truthful, not to be jealous, but rejoice in the success of the people around us in our lives, and then lastly, not to gossip. Uh, verse 2 calls us to crave pure spiritual milk, like newborn babies. Now, our church has a lot of newborn babies. And anyone who's been or seen a newborn baby, been next to a newborn baby, knows how badly they crave that milk. Um, as a kid, I remember our neighbor's cow giving birth. Now, I was very interested, so um, I went and stood and watched everything. Um, and this calf was all gangly and slimy and couldn't open its eyes for all the goop around it. Um, the mother cow cleaned its eyes, cleaned its body, and the moment it could see, the first thing it did was try its, try its hardest to stand up, all gangly limbs everywhere. And after a while, it managed to push itself up, and it's now all teeter-tottering and trying its best to stand. And the moment it could stand, it tried to walk. And what did it do? Beeline straight for the mother, latched on, and started drinking milk. This calf was barely 10 minutes old, and it had such a strong craving for milk that it pushed itself to get up and get to that milk. Like this, we are called to crave that pure spiritual milk like newborn babies. We are called to crave the scriptures, to learn God's word, to study the scriptures. In our lives, there are so many things that draw our attention and so many things, and these things are extremely important. But we need to set aside time to be nourished by the word of God. So when we rid ourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind, when we consciously, continually get rid of the former, our former sinful self and like newborn babies crave that pure spiritual milk and daily strive to and yearn for God's pure nourishing word, then by this we will grow in our salvation. We start to build a closer relationship with Christ we learn to trust him more. Our faith in God becomes stronger. Now, this is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. We will fail. The Bible says that our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There will be temptations. Our old sinful self will constantly try to take over our thoughts and our actions. 
But Jesus has told us, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. We need to rely on God and not on our own strength. This is not a quick and easy process, and this will be a daily conscious battle until we meet Jesus. As we grow in Christ, we become a better version of ourselves. We build up those around us. We show the people around us that we genuinely care. We bring hope, love, and peace when we fellowship with each other. We radiate God's love. We grow in Christ. And as we grow in Christ, we become better members of our community, be it the church, work, school, our neighborhood. We, we become in tune with the Holy Spirit, feeling his gentle prompting, doing his will, and growing in Christ. This message is perfectly echoed in the very beginning of the book of Psalm, Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who walks, who does not walk in the step, in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on this law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Thanks, Joel. That was a really great message on growth. Good morning, church. Um, I'm excited to be speaking to you today on one of our values, which is um, on community. For me, um, our church community is something that I really feel so much love and enthusiasm for. Um, for me, it, it just sums up um, God's commandment on loving him and loving others. Um, when I'm studying his word, I see all throughout the Bible, God directing us to live lives that are part of a community of believers. And perhaps why I feel so strongly on this topic is because I've had many moments in my life where I didn't have community. When you look at the very start of God's word, we are told over and over that his creation is good. Each day he made something new and it was good. But then we get to chapter um, 2 verse 18 of Genesis. And it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. You see, even though God's creation was good, each day he made was good, the animals were good, um, it wasn't actually enough for humans to be, um, the, yeah, we didn't have community. So God's solution to this was to give Adam a family and that's when the first community was made. Uh, when I was little, I was in a great community. My parents were Christians. I went to a Christian school. We had um, an amazing church and I didn't feel alone at all. I felt safe and I felt content. And like at the beginning of Genesis, it was really good. Um, and then we moved. And with that move, my community fell apart. Uh, not only did my parents' marriage break down, um, but I was also left without my wider Christian community, and I felt completely alone. Uh, even though I was able to cling to God, it was really hard to do life on my own. 
um, without Christian friends spurring me on. Uh, I felt hopeless and I couldn't see an end, a way out um, of my misery. There was no one to encourage me or to bring words of hope. And even though, um, yeah, even though I knew God was carrying me the whole time, it was like always holding on to a thread. Um, in Galatians 6, verse 2, it says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. When we're going through times of hopelessness, how much more important than ever is it for us to have people around us that can carry our burdens? In being community, we actually have such a privilege to help carry other people's burdens. Um, so I have a few points on what being in a Christian community might look like. My first point is, when you are connected to the body of Christ, it is easier to be connected to Christ. When we have people in our lives that are speaking God's truth, it is harder for the enemy to succeed in his plan, which is to steal, to kill and destroy. It's not um, a particularly nice topic, but it's something that I need, think we need to speak about, which is that Satan has a very effective strategy to divide and conquer God's people. And that is that he uses half-truths that are really lies. I don't um, have the, whole, the time to read through the whole of Genesis 3, but um, you see Satan enter the scene. He twists the truth of God, of what God said to Adam and to Eve, not only to separate um, them, but also to separate them from God. And he does the same to us, which is his ultimate plan. And this is the lie he uses in Genesis 3 verse 5. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan was able to get Adam and Eve to feel discontent with what God had given them. They thought that God was keeping something from them, but he had actually already given that, that thing that they wanted to them. They wanted to be like him in knowledge, but God had actually already made them like him in his image. The thing that they desired most, they already had and they gave it up um, for something that ultimately killed them. Satan sows the same lies to us. He knows our weaknesses and he plays on those weaknesses to separate us first from community and then from God. He knows that if he can get us away from hearing God's word in our lives, from hearing about God's goodness and his truth, then we will start to doubt God's goodness. In Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all, and all the more as you see the day approaching. When we meet together, we get a chance to encourage one another in the truth of God's word. We can bounce ideas off one another and get a broader understanding of what God is actually trying to speak to us about. Which brings me to my next point. We do not only need church for ourselves, but we need to also be there for others. You may think that you have nothing to add in people's lives, 
But actually, just by turning up and having a smile and being kind, you are inviting other people into your life. You are filling a hole that is going to make it harder for Satan to attack people in. And in loving others, we actually rebuke the devil. In Ephesians 4, verse 2 to 6, the Bible says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Thanks for bearing with me as I turn my page. (laughs) Uh, It's not always easy to be in community. There are times where people are going to offend you and you may also offend others. Um, There are times where you may not say the right thing or where there are people that you wouldn't normally be friends with. Um, But Jesus didn't actually call us to only love people that we're comfortable with. He, um, the people that never say the wrong things or they never do the wrong things. And in fact, I believe that those are the people he calls us to love even more and to cover even more, just as he's done for us. He covers our sin and our shame. So I think we should rise up to the occasion and cover each other in love. Shower each other with peace and kindness, just like the verse speaks about. My last point um, is that I believe that church needs to be more than just on a Sunday. In Acts 2, verse 44 to 47, it says, And all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. It's in giving our time and our energy that we show God's love. Like they did in this verse, it's opening up our homes. It's inviting people into our lives. Perhaps um, people that are on the fringe, perhaps people that you're not the most comfortable with, um, people that you maybe wouldn't normally associate with, Um, It's being sincere in our love for all of God's children. And it's taking ownership of the gifts that God has given us um, to use and not waiting for somebody to ask you to use them. God has commanded us to love one another and part of that is giving our gifts and our time to carry each other's burdens and to spur one another on. So what are some of the gifts that God has given us? to use within our church and our community. In Romans 12, verse 6 to 10, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. 
To me, this verse speaks um, of doing more than just the basics of what we should do as Christians. It actually is giving our best and our, um, yeah, just our best to really fulfill God's love, uh, law of love. The part where it speaks about love must be sincere is so important. When love is sincere, it filters into every area of our lives. When we care more for others than we do care um, about our own selfishness, then we actually are doing what God has asked us to do. And that is really attractive to the wider community. In Matthew 5 verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. We're actually called to be more than just a community of believers in it for ourselves. It's really nice on Sundays that we get to turn up and meet together and um, sometimes have food and enjoy each other's company. But actually, we're meant to be a beacon of hope to the world. It's not just for ourselves. We're not meant to keep it that hidden. Um, We're meant to be a light to the world and um, a place where no matter what someone's past is, They're able to walk through our front doors and they know it's a safe place, a place that is free from judgment, a place where we can share each other's burdens with love and tenderness. It actually takes all of us to create a space for for people to do that. Um, So I want to encourage you today to not hide away the gifts that God has given you, but rather ask him what it is that you can be doing for his glory and to lift other people up. Let's pray. Lord, as we join here um, in your name, let us spur each other on in love. Not, um, not a love like what the world gives, but which is empty, but rather a love like yours, a love that is true, a love that is good, a love that um, stands the test of time, God. I pray that we would be a beacon of hope to our wider community. But also let us um, speak words of hope and faith and truth to one another. I pray that we would build each other up and um, be a strong community for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. How good is that? How good is it uh, to hear from Joel and from Abby? Um, It takes a lot of courage to get up and to share. Um, Even, uh, you know, I I preach a lot and have for a long time. And so you kind of get get used to it. It never necessarily gets easy, but I I remember what it felt like for those first couple of times and how uh, hard it was. So well done, guys, and and thanks so much for sharing. And it's been awesome to hear about these values. And I encourage you, like I said at the start, if you've missed some weeks, um, check them out uh, online. You can check them out on YouTube. And and there's the little videos there as well. Um, And so I'd love you to do that. You might notice on your seats, just as we close, that uh, there are these. Uh, We'd love to pray for you, pray with you. And so if you have got anything in your life uh, that you do need uh, prayer for, we'd encourage you, you can fill these out. There's a little thing up the back um, to pop them in. And and we'd love to pray uh, with you this week. Um, You can say if you want it to be shared amongst the team or if you just want it private, that's completely up to you. So um, fill that out if if there are things that we can be praying for you. Let's pray now. Lord God, we thank you uh, for this series. Lord, we thank you that as a community, Father, there are uh, things that should set us apart. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to be a a place uh, full of growing people. Lord, our heart as a church has always been not to grow a big church, but rather to grow big people. 
Father, to be a place where uh, people are seeking You, that they're pursuing You, that they're hungry uh, for for You, uh, Lord God, and hungry to be changed into Your likeness. And so, Lord God, we just pray that You would continue to do that this year. Lord, we thank You for the community that we are. We thank You that there is something special about uh, Christians getting together and, and functioning as the body of Christ. Lord, that when we do that, Father, we're able to serve one another in love. Lord God, but in doing that, we are like a light on a hill, like a city on a hill, Father, shining out that we are an attractive place, not because of who we are or what we can do, but rather through the unity and the love that exists that sets us apart from the world. And so, Lord, we just pray that we would continue to be that place. We would continue to be a place, Father, that is welcoming, that draws people in, and that when they come, Father, that loves them and points them to You. And so, Lord, we just pray that this year, Father, that these values that we've heard, these six values over the last few weeks, Father, that they would epitomize us. Father, they would be uh, both aspirational and that we would continue to strive for them, but they would also be a reality, Lord, and that they would be worked out each Sunday and during the week as well. And so, Lord, we just pray for your hand to be upon that. In Jesus' name, amen.